here's a message from Ken Lavica. We know Sunday it was ugly. The Bucks, Bruce Arians, Antonio Brown. Who caused Sunday's problems in New York? Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. He said, he said, he did, he did. Antonio Brown versus Bruce Arians. And if you thought this was done, well, you were wrong because Antonio Brown says he has receipts. And the story goes on. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. It's a Thursday. Pierre Garcon is hanging out. Local legend, Colts, Washington football team, and others. Now, I keep I keep uh, keeping myself from, from saying Redskins, but when you played, Pierre, yes. when, as Pierre always says, the team that paid me, when you played <laughs> there, it yes. was the Redskins. Yes. So it's okay yes. to say Redskins. To me, it's, uh, well, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And to many people, it's still going to be the Redskins until February 2nd. The name change. We're going to ask Pierre later if he has any inside intel on the new name of the Washington football team. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, running things until 2 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. We're in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the sunny and comfortable Intracoastal. So I want to start with this, Pierre, because we've been talking a lot about Antonio brought on this mm-hmm. show this mm-hmm. week and now that it's two hours i mean you know i'm just gonna keep talking and talking and talking there's been a lot of antonio brown talking do you just full disclosure do you have a personal relationship with antonio I, brown i do not have a personal relationship okay. but if i've seen him and he's seen me we'll say hi to each okay, other okay so there's you know, like a mutual respect. yeah, 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 a, yeah. A, a receiver to receiver yeah, mutual yes. respect yes. okay mm-hmm. uh so antonio brown we know the circus that happened on sunday mm-hmm. takes off his pads gets released running off the field jumping jacks waving to fans the whole thing bruce arians after the game doesn't want to talk to him he's released he'll never be a buck again mm-hmm. now he has yet to be released that apparently is just up in the front office. That's a formality at this point. They're just yeah. trying to get their business stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Brown has had uh, reports. There have been reports that Antonio Brown had an ankle injury and that in the second half of that game, he said, hey, my ankle hurts. Don't think I can give it a go. Bruce Arian said, you're going to give it a go. Antonio Brown said, no, I'm not. Bruce Arian said, fine, you're off the team. That's the basic gist of the entire thing. So let me regale you with a tale of Antonio Brown and (laughs) his version of events, okay? Because, and this is how it it had to be, it came via a lawyer. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this is a lawyer statement, okay? Mm -hmm. So this came last night. It's a little bit lengthy, so we'll do this in parts, and then I want to get your reaction to this. So this is Antonio Brown, his words via his lawyer last night. First of all, I'd like to express my gratitude to the Bucks fans, and my teammates. The Bucks helped me return to productive football after I had difficulties that could have ended my career. We worked together to resolve those difficulties. I'll always appreciate that. Being a part of a Super Bowl champion team and then a contender is a dream come true. Nice words at the onset, right? That's good. <laughs> That's a good, nice, normal Antonio Brown start. Uh, I make mistakes. I'm working on myself, and I have positive influences around me. But one thing I don't do is shy away from playing hard on the field. No one can accuse me of not giving it my all every play. 
Now, you watching football, you mm-hmm. being a former receiver, you yes. being a Pro Bowl caliber receiver, mm-hmm. leading the league in catches in a single season, you watch Antonio Brown play yes. during the good and the bad. Do you mm-hmm. agree with that, that he plays hard? He plays very, very hard. He plays very, very well. Okay. So, very hard, very well, and I will always trust Pierre Garçon's opinion <laughs> because he's Pierre Garçon, and I agree with Pierre on this. Now, because of my commitment to the game, I relented to pressure directly from my coach to play injured. Despite the pain, I suited up. The staff injected me with what I now know was a powerful and sometimes dangerous painkiller that the NFLPA has warned against using, and I gave it all for my team. That Pierre would probably be Toradol. Correct. Correct. That's like the that's the go to painkiller in the NFL. They have slowed it down. Uh-huh. But, you know. Did you uh, did you get Toradol shots in your yes. career? Yeah. Yes. Uh, several. Yes. <laughs> that's just sort of a yes. thing. Eat, sleep, Toradol. Yes. Uh, I played until it was clear that I could not use my ankle to safely perform my playing responsibilities. On top of that, the pain was extreme. I took a seat on the sideline, and my coach Bruce Arians came up to me very upset and shouted, "What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you?" I told him it's my ankle, but he knew that it was well documented, and we had discussed. He then ordered me to get on the field. I said, Coach, I can't. He didn't call for medical attention. Instead, he shouted at me, you're done, while he ran his finger across his throat. Coach was telling me that if I didn't play hurt, then I was done with the Bucks. So this is the key meaty part of this entire statement. Uh, A couple of things off that. Does Pierre Garçon buy that story on its face? That could happen. It's happened before where coaches get into the game and they do forget that you are injured or you have, you know, injuries because, you know, they're coaching on the sideline. Sure. That does happen where, hey, we need you. We need you. Guys like, hey, man, coaches think you're not interested in playing. You're tired or you're out of shape, however, whatever. Mm-hmm. They, but, you know, there's two sides of it. Sure. I do believe that that happened where, hey, coaches like, get back in the game. He's like, I can't go. We yeah. need you. I can't go. F you, F you, F you. Yeah, <laughs> back sure, and forth, sure. back and forth. Absolutely. Because, right? you know, it, coach has to make a decision right there in that moment because it was like, hey, if you can't go, somebody else has to go. But we need you because yeah. the defense is going to play different if it's Antonio out if there instead on, of yeah, yeah, you, you Which happens respect. all the time. We heard it. You know, there's a story where Mike Shanahan said, Terrell Davis, we need you. Terrell's like, I can't see. Yeah. Terrell, we need you. I can't see, coach. Well, just line up because we're going to fake it to you and we're going to keep the ball or whatever. So, this happens on on the field, and it's you have literally one or two seconds. Like I can't, and the coach has to accept. I can't. Nobody wants to accept. So you mentioned. So you say that the coach the coach has to accept that, and that's been my point all mm-hmm. week. Is that Antonio Brown? Like I, I'm not trying to defend him. He's done a mm-hmm. lot of things to hurt a lot of people. Like Evan <laughs> Cohen said uh, back on Monday here on ESPN 106.3, and he's right. Like he's mm-hmm. hurt a lot of people. I don't think he's necessarily a good guy. But this was more than just crazy guy goes crazy mm-hmm. on Sunday. There was a lead up, a build up to Th- this to get confrontational to a point though where Bruce Arians basically cuts him on the sideline isn't that I don't don't think they cut him on the sideline but things get confrontational on the sideline because everybody is trying to accomplish something you're in the heat of battle you're in the heat of the moment you think everybody's on your side but things happen so confrontation happens on the sideline every game it's it's part of the game but there is build up because it's like hey Antonio we've been helping you we now need you for something that we think you can still do we're not asking you to go you know so do something crazy, yeah. but if you're out there, you know, you can help us. Yeah, but the mere presence gives yeah, us an advantage. Exactly. So oh, he can. It, it is a builder. Like, hey, we've been like pushing you forward, forward, forward. Like, we just asking for one or two favors now. Like, come on, like, and then if you communicate it 
which is hard on Sundays in the middle of the game on third sure. down, first down, second down. It's it's like, hey, coach, I literally can't walk, or yeah. it's swollen up, or but to run off the field and jump in and jumping jacks and be like. Are you really hurt? <laughs> like that's, that was the part. That right. I, and let's not forget like, shirtless. Shirtless yeah, like, jacks, jumping jacks. But, you know, that's that's what threw me off. But those confrontations on the field happens. Confrontations with quarterbacks, yeah. players, back and forth. It, it's so part of the game. There is there. You do think, long story short, there is yep. some validity to what yeah, Antonio yeah. Brown is saying. I, I, I think Antonio wants to play, but, mm-hmm. you know, there are times where you're, as a player, you're like, hey, I have to put my safety in first. Yep. Like, I literally – I don't want to go out there and put bad stuff on tape. This is what we call it. Uh-huh. So you're like, hey, coach, somebody else goes in. Yeah, you know? like so, listen to me. I can't. I can't yeah, do I don't. This. I don't want to make it worse. Yep. So if I go in one play and then come back out the next play, that's that's what we do sometimes. Right, like literally, right. coach, like it's not helping nobody. So the statement continues from Antonio Brown. I didn't quit. I was cut. I didn't walk away from my brothers. I was thrown out. Being fired on the sideline for having a painful injury was bad enough. Then came their spin. Coach denied on national television that he knew about my ankle. That's 100% inaccurate. Uh, I actually did not catch that. And maybe I'm missing something, but I don't recall Bruce Arians outright saying I didn't uh-huh. know about his ankle. Uh, so Pierre and I are on the it, same it, page yeah, here. Ankle. Injuries happen during the game, happen yeah. before the game. Like he you missed Thursday and Friday practice. Yeah, you. that could happen where he's like, hey, coach, I cannot play. Yeah. Coach is like, we need you. We need you. Like, <laughs> come on, man. And it doesn't It doesn't end nicely when one's saying no, one's saying, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, when it turns into a he said, he said, <laughs> yeah. that, and Antonio Brown's involved, that gets contentious. <laughs> uh, not only did uh, Arians know I missed several games with the injury, he and I exchanged texts days before the game where he mm. clearly acknowledged my injury. Yeah. He obviously knew I was on the injury list, and the GM acknowledged after the game in text messages to my camp that I did tell coach about my ankle on Sunday. Uh, so later on, uh, this was a couple hours ago, but after this release came out, uh, Antonio Brown screenshotted text messages that he had with Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. where Bruce Arians was 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 contacting him, saying, "Hey, I need to know your status. I need to know that if if you're going to be there for us." Yeah, and the one thing, and we'll we'll I'll actually go through the texts in a couple of minutes. But the one thing is, Bruce Arians wasn't outright saying, "Can you play?" He was saying, "Like we need you." That doesn't necessarily mean we need you to run a fly route every other play, but sort of like you're saying, we. We need you, or at least mm-hmm. we need to know. We need your presence. You. We need right. your presence. Right. And but, Antonio, but, you know, as football players, we know we need your presence means, means <laughs> you're going you all the way out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. once you're on the field, there's like, hey, there's no going 50%. Like, yeah. you got to go. Go, <laughs> like, go have, a, go have a, a pregame date with the needle, and then we're going to see you on the field, okay? Right. Uh, so this continues. This was long. <laughs> I know we were losing to the Jets, and that was frustrating for all of us. Now, that's a funny line. But I could not make football plays on that ankle. Yes, I walked off the field, but there's a major difference between launching from the line and taking hits compared to jogging off the field with a rush of emotions going through your mind. I'm reflecting on my reaction, but there was a trigger. The trigger was something telling me I'm not allowed to feel pain. I acknowledge my past, but my past does not make me a second-class citizen. My past does not forfeit my right to be heard when I'm in pain. So, former wide receiver Pierre Garçon, Mm -hmm. do you feel a bit of sympathy for, right now, unemployed wide receiver Antonio Brown? I feel sympathy for him because, you know, it ended ugly that's the sympathy you know injuries happen players play hurt coaches do forget coach trainers push you back out there yeah. like they they it's it's part of the game you, you it's unfortunate we signed up for it but like you say you have to fig- um, you have to figure out your own health instead of putting it in bigger risk 
I agree with that. But the way it ended, it's like you could have handled it better, which yeah. is always what we always wanted for Antonio. It was like handle it better. Handle like, it better. Not, right. We're not denying what you're going through. It's just yep. like. So I think what this comes down to is who actually is at fault for Sunday. Now, there's a couple <laughs> of different layers to this. Like, how did this get so out of hand in a short amount of time? Things get out of hand Sunday. on sidelines. Yeah. There's a lot like of microphones this, and cameras, sure. but they don't catch everything. No. But this things get out. It happens. <laughs> did you see the Washington football team when the players are fighting against yeah, each other? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, things like this and happen by the way, all the time. With that sideline altercation with the Washington <laughs> football team, if you're putting your finger in another man's face, like that's it's, it's on, it's, right? You're asking for something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, please, let's fight. <laughs> right. uh, but, but, but things it, escalate on the sideline. So I, I, keep, I keep going back to mm-hmm. if you're going to assign blame to all of this, I really think this falls at the feet of Bruce Arians. It's not just what happened Sunday. Because, again, the point I've been trying to make, crazy guy didn't just go crazy on Sunday. Okay, Antonio Brown, does he have issues? For sure. I think we can all agree yeah. on that. Probably has some unresolved things that he needs to see a professional we, we, for. We all have issues. We play football. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we uh, you, yeah, you we signed a, up for football. <laughs> uh, a, you we made a all conscious have decision to make a living off of <laughs> we that. We all have issues. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I love that, actually. <laughs> um, but, but Bruce Arians, I really think this started if he did not go back on his word the day they signed Antonio Brown last year where he said it's a one-strike policy. This is a guy who has basically clowned it up wherever he's been since late stages Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. If he screws up here, then he's done. Uh, the guy pretty much, I mean, he he broke the law. That was a federal offense that he committed with the fake vaccine card, mm-hmm. got suspended for it, and then Bruce Arians led him back to the team. And not only did that, but when asked about it, he was defiant about it as well, like almost bothered that someone would ask him or bring back his own words from a year prior. So I honestly think with the altercation that happened on the sideline, Bruce Arians uh, saying, hey, you're hurt, but we need you on the field. But even before that, saying, hey, welcome back to the team, he kind of made his own bed with this. I think this is more on Bruce Arians than it is on it's, combustible it's, Antonio Brown. It's, it's always somebody's fault, but... The way it got handled is the problem. It's not necessarily what. So that's happened. what stands out to you, is yeah, because you know Bruce Arian is still going to be the coach. You know the Bucks are still going to go on, but Antonio Brown is a Hall of Fame player, and to leave the sport like that, it's like, oh, come on, man. You know, like we could have handled it better. We could have waited to halftime. We could have just sat on the bench. You know, not talked to nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it these things happen, yeah. but it's how it's handled. And you don't, and he, I think he made it worse on himself by doing it at like. <laughs> he didn't help it, that's for sure. Um, but I, I just Bruce Arians. It seems like this this started with him with the ill fated decision to bring him back. And well, then, Bruce Arians trying to win a Super Bowl. Like Antonio Brown's a great sure. player. That's the reason why they signed. That's the reason why they signed all their players. They're great players that can help them win the Super Bowl. You know. It's, so Antonio Brown for you, like that's what stands out most is hey, you know what? If we're like signing, handle it better. Like being a doll. Yeah. I, I just we know what Antonio. You, you can Brown literally is. just do nothing on the sideline. Sure. And they'll ask you after the game, be like, all right, what's wrong? My ankle. <laughs> that's true. That's the, it happens. I've I played eleven years. I've seen a lot yeah, of stuff yeah, on the yeah. sideline. I, I you just go on to the next play though, because you know, you still have the task at hand. Like, hey, we gotta get into the end zone. 
I think Sunday, the circus we saw, the shirtless jumping jacks in the end zone, Antonio Brown. No, Antonio Brown running off the field, eventually showing up in some random social media influences Uber, and then headed to the Nets game. I do think that started with Bruce Arians. Pierre Garcon says, uh, you know what? That's a lot on Antonio Brown because he took it to a point where there was no reason for it to go to. What well, the owners can say, hey, we don't want this guy on the team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not Bruce Arians. It's like, hey, the general manager can say no, you mm-hmm. know, but we're all trying to stri- strive for the same goal. Antonio Brown wants to win another Super Bowl, too. Yeah. That's why we're playing football. That's- yeah. <laughs> Who do you blame Sunday on? Who takes more of the blame for Sunday? Is it Bruce Arians? Is it Antonio Brown? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Again, 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six. Who is more to blame for Sunday in New York with the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians or Antonio Brown? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Ken Levick alive. The title sponsor is, of course, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Like Pierre made a decision that he wanted to make a living off of getting hit and playing professional football. Well, you can work in the sports industry without getting hit and that's with the FAU MBA sport management program why don't you go to the business side of things fau.edu slash MBA sport internationally renowned the FAU MBA sport management program Dr. Jim Reardon's been doing it for 22 years this is your path to the sports industry this is how you get a job in the sports industry I've seen it I know so many that have gotten their MBA in sport management at FAU and they've gone on to have a dream job in sports no lies here the FAU MBA sport management program check them out online fau.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Antonio Brown, Bruce Arians, who do you blame for Sunday's circus in New York? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. He's Pierre Garcon. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Bruce Arians, sorry, you brought back Antonio Brown and... We'll get into a little bit more of asking an injured player to go back on the field, but I think this is on him on Sunday. But Pierre Garcon with me until 2 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. Pierre, uh, Pierre, Pierre's not impressed with the Antonio Brown execution (laughs) after the confrontation on the sideline. Not at all. Not at all. He could have handled it better. That's that's all we asked for. Yeah, Yeah, and you're right. If he would have just sat down, shut up, and then address it after the game. He might still be employed, actually. Right he definitely now. will. Move past it, go on to the next game, get ready for the playoff run. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying that, hey, it's a good thing that he took off his shirt and started doing jumping jacks <laughs> in the end zone. Now, I'm with you on that. That's a problem. I just think that, as he said in his statement, through his lawyer, there was a trigger. That trigger was Bruce Arians, and Bruce Arians more to blame for what happened on Sunday than Antonio Brown. 888-760-3776. 888 Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Who is more to blame for Sunday at MetLife Stadium that we've heard in full Antonio Brown's side of the story? 
Was it Bruce Arians more at fault or Antonio Brown? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's get started on the phones. Let's get kicked off in Jupiter with Kyle. Kyle, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Kyle? Hey, what's going on, guys? What do you got, buddy? I I definitely would say more of the blame falls on Bruce Arians. And because the way he handled it, being a coach, yeah. If you're the coach and uh, and they knew all the issues he's been having over the past years, why or oh why would you look over at him and run your finger across your throat and say you're done? If somebody putting their finger in your face is a trigger, them sliding their finger across his throat is absolutely a trigger. And for someone like Antonio Brown's, you know, past recently, it obviously is going to make him react in some type of way. Kyle, appreciate the call. Uh, Bruce Arians is not a calm person. Like we know that. Good I, I mean, I haven't heard many people say anything bad. That's what I was about to say. Him. I don't I don't know too many of you that have a confrontation with Bruce Arians. Yeah. But I mean, Kyle's right though. If you're if you've already got a volatile player player in Antonio Brown and you're looking at him and you're throat slashing and saying you're done. Do they have a video footage? There, of? there is. To my knowledge, there is no video footage. Of <laughs> okay. That. So, but there's side, there's cameras every, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> there's a right. camera on a, a, every player probably on the sideline has a yeah. camera on them. So probably, <laughs> probably, it's definitely the head coach. It has not been. It has definitely not been released yet. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been released, and or uh, there's nobody that's able to corroborate Confirm. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just all right. So Antonio Brown. We know, and this has been over the last couple of days. I've been thinking about this, and I know, I know that it seems like I'm caping hard for Antonio Brown. I mm-hmm. promise, I don't know the guy. Yeah, I have never been impressed with the guy and his personality. Um, <laughs> I, I think as I, he's uh, not a bad guy. He's you don't not think a he's bad a bad guy? guy? Listen, receivers, no receivers, but times change. I think social media has made a lot of people change. I think the first time we really seen Antonio get in trouble is when he got in trouble for Facebook in the locker room. Yeah, and I think that was time. the start of like troublesome. Yeah, yeah, it was like he started a YouTube channel, and then yeah. like when you're trying well, to do all these things, you have to feed these things. Sure, you have to feed social media, and I think that's where the turn took because he's not a bad person. I know him before he was in Tony Brown. He was always a great player. Okay, I remember his first touchdown in the NFL. I was like, yeah, this guy's gonna be good. I, I just, I, I mean, there's the the allegations of the the sexual assault and things like that where. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many layers to him. So, yeah, in, in yeah. wide receiver that's, circles. That's all of us. That's all of us. We're, you know, we're football players and we're human beings, too. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. you know, they see us on TV, but we do all have a personal life where, you know, yeah, things are not. Things are not <laughs> as, rosy. As, as, yeah, as we see on the TV. Uh, the, the thing, as a coach, I just, I feel like you need to know your pers- your players, your personnel. And I know that on a sideline, you've got 40-something guys. Coaches do. Uh, they do. Okay, the so coaches do. With we that, all know each other in the locker room because we spend so much time with each but other. You kind of have to to cater how you're handling individual players to their uh, the way they take coaching, right? As hard as it, it is in football, it yes, yes, you do. But in the heat of the moment, <laughs> it's difficult. This is what we're communicating. This is what's needed. Okay, some coaches can go back and forth for players, and nothing, you know escalates from it. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you just have to be like, all right, cool, let's move on. Antonio said he was escalated. He was triggered. Yeah. That happens a lot. Brandon Marshall, Terrell Owens. Oh, yeah. Like, these things, I played with numerous of guys. You're like, coach, let's just move. Let's leave yeah. it alone. We'll, we'll, we'll get it later. Yeah. 
Uh, Bruce Arians, Antonio Brown. Who's more to blame for Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick, Alive, Pierre Garcon with us here on this Thursday. Let's go to Boca. That's where Rich is. Rich is on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Rich. Hey, how's it going, Ken? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So what I wanted to say is, you know, I, I've been listening, I've been reading up a lot. I actually spoke to an orthopedic surgeon today. He's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So Antonio Brown, you know, the, the problem with, it's not criticism, the problem with the question is we don't really know what the truth is, right? Because if you listen to Antonio Brown, you know, he didn't assault any women. He didn't lie on his uh, COVID situation. We don't really know what the situation is. It's hard for me to think about who's actually wrong. If you look at Antonio Brown's side of the story, I'd say, wow, it looks like they rushed to judgment. It looks like Arians lost his cool. But the other thing, and before you comment on that, because I think it's a hard question to answer now, is the orthopedic surgeon told me, and he, by the way, was an orthopedic surgeon for the New York Rangers. I'm not sure if he's, he's still for the Rangers. So he's but definitely he said, got a sports many background. Athletes, okay. Sports background. Many athletes, especially football players, that if you were to MRI them at this point in the year, lots of them have bone spurs, lots of them have ligaments. Sure. He goes, and when you start reading about detached from the bone or bulging bones that are showing through the skin, he goes, a lot of players have that. And he highly doubts that they would have put him on the field and that their trainers would have even let him play if that's what their reports show. So he's skeptical that what, MR, what, what the MRI is being reported is showing. I was wondering what your thoughts are. Yeah, and so here's the part of that. Stay stay with me here, Rich, because I've got uh, the statement. I did not get to that when I was going through it with Pierre earlier on. Uh, so here's the part that Rich is talking about, and this is from, from uh, the lawyer of Antonio Brown. These are Antonio Brown's words, I'm assuming. As part of their ongoing cover-up, he's referencing the Buccaneers here, they're acting like I wasn't cut and now demanding that I see a doctor of their choice to examine my ankle. What they did not know until now is that a Monday morning urgent MRI on my ankle showed broken bone fragments stuck in my ankle, the ligament torn from the bone, and cartilage loss, which is beyond painful. That is what he is claiming is wrong with his ankle, but that's what your the orthopedic surgeon, you know, Rich, is saying, like, that's a little bit difficult to believe. Yeah, he's saying, and he very specifically said, Rich, I promise you this. He goes, I, you know, I've been a sports doctor for a long time. He also did orthopedic work for the the New York Jets, and, and I actually had a labrum tear done by him because he's a friend. I had it done up in New York. Okay. But what he said was, I am promising you that there is, sometimes there is negligence, and sometimes the doctors get it wrong. But when you're talking about ligaments torn from a bone and, and fragments like that, like, he just can't imagine how much liability there would be for the Bucks to put him on the field. He goes, and then, and he's a big sports guy, just take it a step further where they really need him, that's why they put up with him, to be in the playoffs, which they knew they were going to be in. Why in God's name would they even chance playing him in that game and not just rest him another week sure. or two? Sure. So that's why I'm suspicious as well. And, and Rich, appreciate the call. This is the other thing with all of this, Pierre, is mm. that it's hard to for for many people and i understand it it's hard for many people to just outright say i believe antonio brown because of his past because he's been sketchy because he hasn't been reliable it's very hard for a lot of people to talk themselves into oh yeah i'm siding with antonio brown on this but part of it i think is what you keep going back to because how do you 
justify and defend someone who exited that game on Sunday that the way that he did. That was the only problem I had with it. The injuries happened. Imagine being Bruce Arian. You're down to the Jets. You're losing <laughs> to the Jets. <laughs> you're supposed to be winning the Super Bowl, and you're losing to the Jets, and you're telling your one of your best players to come help me. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying no. You were running earlier. You know, like, did something happen? You know, we can communicate it. Or we tell somebody else to go in. But, man, you're down to the Jets. Yeah. You're in New York. Yeah. Like, like, hey, in the moment, we need all our weapons now. Yeah. This is not the time to, tell, to say no, unless you really can't, which happens. But don't exit. <laughs> don't make it worse. That makes it very hard for people to get behind you when you do something like that. And I don't know what's going through Antonio Brown's head. I don't think a lot of people know what's going through Antonio Brown's head. But it's after what happened with the Steelers and the locker room with Tomlin, which you referenced, and then going into an offseason where you have allegations of improprieties and sexual assault, and then you have the Raiders, uh, and you have burning your feet in a cryotherapy that chamber. Like, and like he, I believe the injuries. I believe the injuries. Yeah. How it was handled. And he's just so ragged. That's the thing, too. He's so ragged. There's no consistency with his personality, and that's what makes it tough for people to, to really bring themselves to, yeah, he's telling the truth. He, 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 I believe him telling the truth all the time. It's just the way it's being delivered. Yeah. <laughs> the way it's, it's tough being to expressed. It's yeah. like, are you serious now, or are you? <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right. Where, where, where are you at right now? Are you really going to come back and play the full game now? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, what, what sort of Antonio Brown are we getting? Bruce Arians, Antonio Brown, who do you blame more for Sunday now that we have heard you Antonio Brown's side? know they were Brown's in Pittsburgh side? together, right? You're right. They were in Pittsburgh together. So they already had a previous relationship. They were I didn't in Pittsburgh even, together. That did not even occur to me. I know football, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pierre Garceau, damn it. I know football. Bruce Arians, Antonio Brown. Who's more to blame for Sunday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. A conversation I was having yesterday with Dean Thomas was about, because mm-hmm. he had brought up this new policy with the NFL uh, about how teams now can get fined during the draft process if they ask questions that are seemingly damaging, don't have anything to do with football. Like the Des Bryant, Jeff Ireland, then Dolphins general manager, mm. is your mom a prostitute? Uh, yeah, Eli Apple football. being asked, are you gay during a, a draft interview? Like mm. things that they honestly just don't matter. And uh, in the grand scheme of things, and they were being defended as, oh, I just want to see what happens when a guy is uncomfortable in that setting. No, you're not having a uh, an interrogation on the field. That stuff doesn't really matter all that much. But I also think that goes to like a, the still alpha mindset of football where it's like, hey, I have some power over you. I'm the guy who makes the rules. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to follow me. You're going to fall in line. There's a structure to this entire thing, more so than any other sport. I agree. But in the NFL, I think when it comes to pros, and it's why Nick Saban didn't succeed with mm-hmm. the Dolphins, these mm-hmm. are guys that are getting paid. These are grown-ass men that are getting paid big money. And if you don't approach someone the right way with respect, like Urban Meyer kicking players, like that's where things fall apart, right? Like of you course, need yeah, to strike you lose a balance your, there. You lose respect for you know a person that disrespects yeah, you yeah. or acts you something disrespectful. But you know it is a job you signed up for. You have to look past it. If you can, if you cannot, it's understandable. But you know, a lot of a lot of things get thrown at you as football players, and mm-hmm. you just have to overcome them. Now, when you were with the Colts, mm-hmm. um, you're you're that's where you really came to the to the top as an NFL player before you you went to Washington and got that sweet sweet paycheck. Uh, 
you know, you had Peyton. Yes. And Peyton, I feel like probably for you, Peyton would have been more fear of God than <laughs> who was it? Did you start <laughs> with Dungey? Dungey from well, Dungey yeah, and then yeah. Caldwell, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, so those personalities compared to what you're seeing with Peyton every practice, you're probably a little I, more frightened of Peyton, I, right? Oh yeah, well, you, you, like you said, the Alpha Male, like, hey, whatever you say, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna do because yeah. you're Peyton. Like, I, I'm a receiver. And I your want you to throw, dependent on him. Yeah, I want you to throw the ball. <laughs> and they do a lot of, like you say, ask you questions just to get to know you and to make you uncomfortable to see how you act because on Sundays things will get uncomfortable. Sure. Going to a press conference, things will get uncomfortable. They're asking you questions you have no idea about, and you're like. Uh, I, well, I, I didn't know this even happened. What was the weirdest question you got in the draft process? Well, they didn't ask me much questions because they didn't know much about you me. Were not, <laughs> yeah, you were D3 like, Mount Union guy. Like, yeah. Where'd you go, Mount Union? Oh, I've heard yeah. that go, go run a route and <laughs> catch a ball, please. Let, let's oh. see how you play football because you didn't play against players yeah. in, in college. So <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't ask me much questions. I didn't have the intimate interviews. Yeah, so yeah. They were like, hey, fill out this uh, this test, this uh, <laughs> Wonder Lake test, and yeah. turn it back in. Right, right. And then uh, <laughs> if you could go to the jugs machine, that would be great. Right. Yeah, thank you. What was your 40 time? That's that's all they have. <laughs> what was your height and weight? Oh, man. Right. That is fun. I, that's, that's a good call. Like, Mount Union guy is not getting the uh, Eli Apple, yeah, question, uh, questionnaire. Des Bryant questionnaire. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, uh, the, the But the, the, the fact that Antonio Brown is is out there, he's tweeting today, he's got the Facebook Live, he's trying to defend himself, he thinks that his NFL career is not done. And I get the sense that he thinks his NFL career is not done as early as next year. Earlier this week, I was saying how I felt that Antonio Brown, this is before I knew the extent of what he claims his ankle uh, injury is, I thought that he might even get picked up for a playoff run for a team because, A, NFL coaches always think they can change you. They always think that they have the structure that's going to help you to succeed. And... You only have him for like five games. So he's not going to blow up your locker room in five games. I thought that he has enough talent, enough to give, and he is a veteran wide receiver that could help the quarterback. He would get signed. Now, the immediate reaction to seeing a guy take his shirt off and jump jack through the end zone is, yeah, his NFL career is over, especially when you're Antonio Brown with uh, a a long NFL rap sheet at this point. Uh, But he thinks he's going to play again. I think he's going to play again. I think he's going to get another chance. Uh, when when you look at this, though, just you, a guy who was in the league for so long, especially at that position, a guy who was able to to do it for a long time at that position with young guys coming up behind you, uh, I mean, is he is he going to play again? Is there a way to, for him to play again? Or Physically, do you think he's he can done? play, but it's up to the owners, the general managers, the head coach to be like, hey, is he worth dude, it? That's who. That's it depends on the team. Like Pierre Garcon, like, general manager. He doesn't want to go to Detroit. He doesn't want to go. No, you know, <laughs> right. No, you don't want he to, wants to probably go to Green Bay. He probably wants to go, you know, somewhere like Arizona. He would need a veteran quarterback, right? Somewhere he'd want to go like to a contender, but does I just like, like I remember when Joe Philbin yeah. took over the Dolphins mm-hmm. and uh, Brandon Marshall. One of the priorities for them was, oh, we can't have Brandon Marshall tainting. Uh, that attitude, yeah. our young Ryan Tannehill quarterback. And yes. I thought at the time, I don't love this. I don't love this move because Brandon Marshall had been productive. Mm-hmm. He had had the 100 catches each season, mm-hmm. and uh, he had come out and it talked about his bipolar disorder and battling that and still was able to be productive. And I developed an appreciation for just the way he conducted himself. He's brash. He has a personality that mm-hmm. isn't for everybody, but I didn't think he was going to be toxic to Ryan Tannehill, and I think that ended up being a mistake. 
Um, but I don't know. Antonio Brown feels different. Antonio Brown feels like I don't want him around my young quarterback because he's such a distraction. I'd rather Aaron Rodgers be throwing to him because I think Aaron Rodgers is fairly unflappable in a spot like that. No, I definitely understand that. I think Antonio wants to go to a veteran quarterback, but he had a veteran quarterback already. Tom yeah. Brady, you don't get better than Tom That's Brady. That's a good point. He had Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady stuck his neck out And he's burned him. that like, bridge now. Like, it's, like, I don't want Antonio Brown in around the young quarterback because, you know, like you say, he can make him nervous on the field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. But I don't know if a team will touch him. You know where Labanowitz Friday Night Lights wants him to go. He wants him to go to L.A. So it's 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 Odell Beckham and it's Antonio <laughs> Brown for Matthew Stafford. So we we're just gonna take the ball away from Cooper Cup. We know you're a record-breaking receiver, but you're just gonna take the ball away from Cooper Cup. You imagine that, like Odell, throw it to me, throw it to me, throw it. Antonio Brown, throw it to me, throw it. And, Co- and Cooper Cup's like, bro, I'm the number one <laughs> receiver here. Like, come on. Ah oh, man, honestly, I think that, that locker was, room would think, melt. I think that was another thing that Antonio wanted. He wanted the spotlight that Odell had because Odell was the man in New York and Odell was in all the music videos doing all this thing. But mm-hmm. Antonio Brown was a better talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown was the man for about six, seven years strong. Like every year he had like 100 catches yeah. and he was going to the Pro Bowl. He was, he was, but he was in Pittsburgh. It wasn't, you know. He's not in New York. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't in New York. So he would want to go to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> L.A., they, they let you do anything. On and off the field. That is Not wild. on and off the field, but, you know, I don't think they would touch him either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matthew Stafford has some problems already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Matthew Stafford, he thinks his receivers are in the opposing <laughs> uniform. That's his problem right now. Uh, by the way, breaking news, Antonio Brown has officially been released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Breaking news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Uh, so Antonio Brown is officially released by the Buccaneers. So now we find out how bad that ankle is because if a team comes calling and all of a sudden he's signing – Oh, wait, those bone fragments appear to be okay, Antonio. Uh, who, uh, who's most to blame for Sunday's histrionics in New York, Bruce Arians or Antonio Brown? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. I know who's to blame if your air conditioning goes down uh, once the weather starts to get warmer here. And, and don't, don't be fooled because it might be in the low 60s in the morning, but the highs are still in the 80s. That AC is still kicking on later in the day. But I know who to blame because I've been telling you for months and months and months to check your AC unit. Make sure that there are there are people that are are checking in to make sure your air conditioning is working well. Making sure uh, that it's not shutting down. And uh, if you don't do it, you're you're to blame for that. And that's why you need EDS air conditioning. EDS is yes, EDS air conditioning. They've been doing it since 2006. They're family owned and operated, uh, and they are going to take care of you. Whether it's maintenance on your AC as we get into the summer months, which are oh, about five minutes away, uh, and uh, or you need a completely new AC unit so you can avoid the hotel trip this summer when your AC breaks down and it's 105 degrees in your home. EDS is yes, EDS air conditioning. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. Take care of your AC, please. Just take my word for it. You're going to need it sooner rather than later. So why not call now for that maintenance? And hey, if it's past that point, you're going to need a good, dependable unit. And that's where EDS is coming into play. EDS is yes. EDS Air Conditioning. Go to edsairconditioning.com because again, EDS is yes. Aaron Rodgers, he is not happy with the MVP voting process. In fact, he's using words like, Bum. 
Do we need to overhaul this thing? We'll discuss it next. Pierre Garçon, he's our MVP here on Ken LaVica Live. I'm Ken LaVica, and I'm like the comeback player of the year. I'm live on ESPN (laughs) 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Reminder, brand new ESPN 106.3 lineup. Ken Levick alive 12 to 2 every day. And then Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina at 4 o'clock every day. Double dose of Evan Cohen, 11.55 a.m. and 5.55 p.m. here on ESPN 106.3. Pierre Garcon with us here on Ken Levick alive. And so uh, the Buccaneers have now uh, released Antonio Brown. You're not surprised. Not surprised at all. He yeah. released himself. <laughs> he, he had that coming. Here's the statement. From the uh, Buccaneers, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks have terminated the contract of Antonio Brown effective immediately. Antonio did receive treatment on his ankle, was listed on the injury report in the week leading up to last Sunday's game. And we knew that Mm -hmm. Thursday, Friday, he was cleared to play by our medical team prior to the start of the game. At no point during the game did he indicate to our medical personnel he could not play. We've attempted multiple times throughout this week to schedule an evaluation by an outside orthopedic specialist, yet Antonio has not complied. Maintaining the health and wellness of our players is of the utmost importance to our organization. So they're refuting Antonio Brown's side of the story. Throat um, slash, you know, when you say you're injured, you know, you do have to talk to, you know, the head trainer. You tell them, hey, my ankle hurts, and they're going to ask you how bad. And you have a decision to make. <laughs> yeah. And then based off that how bad decision, you either go back in or you sit on the sideline. We're not denying if you're injured. <laughs> we're denying how bad is it. We're denying. We're we're saying we're questioning what you do after you know you're said you were injured. It happens. Guys are always playing with injury. This is part of the game. But exiting <laughs> in that fashion, shirtless is not good. <laughs> is what yeah. why we're talking about it. Well, because they they still won the game yeah. without him turning around. Yeah. He's still going to have been on the team. He's still going to have been on the sideline. And they need Moving him. Up. I mean, that wide receiver core is banged up. And that's probably yeah. why Bruce Arians was yelling, like, hey, come on, we need you. Because yeah. if you tell them, hey, because the head trainer goes over and be like, hey, Antonio Brown's down. Okay. You, you know, it stays in your mind. Then the coach, the head coach might go to like, hey, are you like, like, <laughs> are you really bad or like, can you push through it? You know, yeah. which is normal, which is the coach's job, which is the trainer's job. That's, yep. that's why you're here to play. But, Man, it was the exit. <laughs> it wasn't nothing else. But he still could have been on the team, going into week 17 now. Week 18, week, yeah. Week 18, and then going on for the playoff. Because they want him there. That's why they got him a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. we, we love you. We yeah. want you to be here. I mean, I've been putting the blame on, on Bruce Arians for Sunday. And even if, if, if people want to fight me on that, <laughs> he did make his own bed. Bring, he did not have yeah. to bring him back. And he did not. I know not. that – and this was before he was brought back before the injuries really ransacked that wide receiver mm-hmm. group. But I think Bruce Arians probably, and and I'm, I, I mean, it's not like I'm in his head, but they were already a little bit thin and you're in the home stretch of the season and it would be nice to have Antonio Brown in the playoffs. So it's very easy to look the other way if you can bring him back off of the Vax card. But I mean, he defiantly went to bat for him, said, I don't give a belief what people think. Well, now it's turned out like this. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It is. It's it is. It's really sad. And that's the biggest thing. It's sad on both. It's a lose-lose, mm-hmm. which was a, a great story. you know. But being down to the Jets 
<laughs> in New York. It's got people. It brings, it brings out the, brings the out fire the, out of everybody. I was going to say, it, it, it turns we the We never expected side. the Jets to be up, and then they, they lost. And I'm like, oh, my God. Think about <laughs> this. The New York Jets end up being the biggest winner of Sunday, and here's why. Jets fans, you haven't enjoyed many wins over the last couple of years, but here's why. A- You'll almost beat the Buccaneers, yes. which means you still maintain your draft position, which means you're still in the running for a top three pick in the draft. So that's a win. And you may have torpedoed the Buccaneers season. <laughs> you may have because of how you played against the Bucs and the frustrations that arose from that on the Bucs sideline. You may have torpedoed and fractured their their their, their Super Bowl back to back run. They, they what a fractured. win! They fractured. They definitely fractured. <laughs> but it. Tom Brady, man, the thing he did at that two minute drill—it was like, so oh. obvious what was going. But happen I do have a question. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth and two, and you call a quarterback sneak. Uh, all right. So fourth that, and two—that was bonehead stuff right there. Fourth now, and two. The fourth way and two. Fourth and two, not four inches, yeah. not four and a quarterback one. sneak with a guy that that's not that big. Uh, uh, we're not talking. Yeah, if you like, got Cam Newton, okay, yeah. you can push the power. It's not like Big Ben was back there. Okay, it's but Spinley Zach you Wilson. You can call 18, 14, mm-hmm. 15 dive. Like that was a better option yeah. or a fake, uh, you know, right. something. Right, like, but but it, I was scratching the, my head. The uh, the center two. dive was not a great idea. But here's here's the way Robert Sala um, explained it. Explained it. Please. So he said. That that play, if you're going by the blueprint, what you're practicing in practice, that play is always going to be a quarterback dive. So Zach Wilson did not do anything wrong there, but he blamed the communication between the sideline and Zach Wilson because uh, he said that it should have been run that play, but it's always a handoff in that situation, a fourth down situation if you're running that play. It's going to be a handoff from that distance, and that never got communicated to Zach Wilson. So he took it on the coaching staff uh, for the lack of communication to Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson got the play call and thought he was running what they've run in practice instead of running what situationally the play should have been, and that's hand the ball. Sounds like too much explanation to me. For a fourth down, that's... Yes. Call that's a 15 ex- dive, right, 10 dive. Right. Why didn't she 18, call a play that's actually something? A handoff. Right. A handoff. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and I, I think what he's saying is like that that's the formation they wanted. Uh, so that's why they ran that play. But that was my first thought when he explained it. I was like, wait, this sounds way too convoluted. Like, why uh, didn't you just or, call a handoff? Or they wanted Braxton Berrios to have the ball. Like that, that, that That's was the another fullback with a running back. The, the, the receiver, uh, um, the Miami kid, but he, I mean, he takes end arounds fairly regularly, jet sweeps, hey, things along those I, lines. I, I, anything would have been better than a quarterback Throw to the, at four and yeah, two, fourth and yeah. two. Like, Hell, a toss to Braxton Berrios, a, th- a hitch to Braxton Berrios, something to Braxton Berrios. Something where the guy's running forward. Like yeah, with downhill. speed, with uh-huh. speed, yeah. like you know, like give me power right. to go. Like like you said, the quarterback is only this big. Not your, not your frosted tips, BYU rookie and, quarterback. And, and I still thought the Jets still had a chance, yeah. but after that, I was like, if they lose, that's that's the play that lost mm-hmm. the game, and it was. <laughs> And and it was because then Tom Brady uh, did what Tom Brady did, does. Does what Tom Brady does, which was extremely predictable. Uh, the this was actually kind of predictable too. I knew this was coming because I I have experience with 
absolutely roasting baseball Hall of Fame voters who can't get over the steroid era mm-hmm. and won't put in Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. won't put in Mark McGuire, or any of those guys. I think that's stupid. It was part of the game. They performed in an era where it was a lot of steroids. They were the best of the steroid era. They belong to go to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you Just because you don't like their character doesn't mm-hmm. mean they don't get into the Hall of Fame. Um, right now, we're going through the same thing with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. with this MVP vote. Now, I've been very hard on Captain Ivermectin himself, Aaron Rodgers, uh, for lying to people about his vaccine status and just being an overall jackass with that. Now, does it mean that he's not the best quarterback in the league? No. He's the best quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. He's the best player in the league, and he's mm-hmm. shown it over and over and over again. Uh, Hub Arkish, who I grew up with in the Chicago area, uh, he was an analyst for the Bears radio network on game days. Uh, he is uh, a the Bears, football- The Bears yeah. that Aaron Rodgers owned? Yeah, yeah, that he owns, right. And he made sure he told Bears fans a lot. <laughs> okay. I own you. So this is I coming play, from this guy. This is coming okay, from this okay, guy. No, okay. he's Chicago-based, where I think yeah. part of this is coming from. Okay. That's... So, but Harbarkish used to be on, uh, so it's funny, Harbarkish used to work with Wayne Larravee uh, on the, the game day broadcast for the Bears. Wayne Larravee was the play-by-play guy for the Bears before he went to Green Bay to take mm-hmm. over the Packers broadcast. So there's mm-hmm. another connection here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Hub Arkish is a football magazine editor, longtime Chicago media member. He has an MVP vote. Uh, he went on uh, 670 The Score in Chicago and said that he would not be voting for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers, among other things, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, paraphrasing is, quote, a bad guy, end quote. Um, and it has to do with him lying about mm-hmm. being vaccinated and everything that has swirled around about that. Well, yesterday for the first time, we got to talk to Aaron Rodgers, and this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say about Hub Arkish. His problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum. (laughs) He's a bum. That's so disrespectful. He's a bum. There's really not much more disrespectful things you can say to somebody than, like, he's a bum. It's so dismissive. He's just a bum. But not a bad line by Aaron Rodgers. MVP. Now, he's saying MVVP, um, but I like most, yeah, I guess it wouldn't work. with. He wants the most vaccinated player. That would have been a better line for Aaron Rodgers, but not a bad line. Good attempt at humor. Well done, Captain Ivermectin. But uh, I, I also, I understand Aaron Rodgers' frustration because it is inherently ridiculous that you wouldn't vote for someone because you don't like them. Now, growing up in Chicago as a baseball fan, um, I'm a White Sox fan, but uh, I had the Cubs thrown in my face my entire life. Ron mm-hmm. Santos, one of the most beloved Cubs of all time, and it took him forever to be voted into the Hall of Fame because he was a Hall of Fame hole. You know, he was. <laughs> he was not nice to people. He was not nice to media, and that held him back from being voted into the Hall of Fame by media members. Mm-hmm. The MVP award in the NFL is voted on by media members, mm-hmm. and... I think it might be time to start incorporating more peer voting, more players getting voted by their peers for MVP, they, for Hall of Fame, than media members. I agree. They, the NFL is starting. You know, the NFL is starting. The, the, the top 100 voted by the players, yeah. but all players don't really vote. But like but, postseason you know, awards where yeah. money is at stake potentially. There are clauses in contracts. Yeah, I true. Like the Pro Bowl, there is a peer aspect 
to that, but it's also there's a fan there's aspect, a, media. A, a little tiny peer aspect. It's fans, and then it's media. media. But media is always going to ha- it has the majority of the vote in everything: Hall of Fames, MVPs, postseason awards. I know this is one voter. This mm. is one voter we're talking about. There's 50 of them for the NFL MVP. But things like this, this this just drives the call. It drives an anti-media rhetoric, yeah. and it undercuts all of those who actually take it seriously. There's too many vendettas, though, in Personal media. Vendetta, if you get say. a back turned on you in a locker room, if you're trying to conduct an interview or talk with a player, there's a good chance that that you're media member, yeah, that media member is going to say, "Oh, bleep you. you, yeah, that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not voting for you for something." That's not right. That's why I think there should be more peers, more modern, more players, current players should be involved at least in postseason awards. They, you know, the media is what grows the game. So they want to give the media, you know, mm-hmm. an index so that, you know, everybody is well exposed to the game. So Now, but more and more these days with social media, like as we're seeing, newspapers are dying at an unbelievable rate. Like the media is not as important as it was 30 years ago. I agree on that. Now everybody has access and to I mean the media. locker room and uh, access yeah. to players. So, yeah, I understand that. And whether you like it or not, you're in media now, too. So we're speaking uh, with from, this. From a peer's point of view. Yeah, from, yeah, <laughs> from a player's point of view. pure <laughs> media. Okay, fine, fine. But from, like, I'm speaking on it as someone. I have covered the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have been in those locker rooms. I have been around all of that. And how I justified my existence was I knew that I was going to take from that locker room and apply it to radio. Mm-hmm. Apply it to this space. Be able to discuss it. Like there are some media members that I mean, they have egos like players, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they think <laughs> they a little bit more highly of themselves egos. than they should we based on that. what. Yeah, like and and players now these days, it's not just oh I'll go to bat for the guy in my locker room. I think there's enough respect and relationships across all players, all teams, all locker rooms that you're going to get a better indication of who's an MVP and who's winning comeback player of the year and all of those things than you do for media. Because we're watching them. We're playing against them. We're mm-hmm. seeing what they're doing because yeah, we have to literally like, hey, Aaron Rodgers likes to do this. Don't let him do this. Devontae Adams likes to do run this route. Don't yep. let him run this route. Like, you know, yep. we know the ins and out of it. We might not cover it on the radio, or on TV about it, but we're literally in our meeting rooms. This is what Aaron Rodgers likes to do. This is what this player likes to do. This is what he his strength. This is his weakness. This is where we're going to attack. So we know the ins and out, but you know, like you say, the voting doesn't necessarily come only from us. Yeah, you see it, you know it, you live it. I think that's important. <laughs> Should media vote for Hall of Fames and MVP? Should media vote for Hall of Fames and MVP? I'm starting to think that we, at the very least, need more players involved in this. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six on Twitter. You can talk to myself and Pierre at ESPN West Palm. Listening lunch is on the way. We'll take your calls on the MVP and the Hall of Fame. Should media vote on MVP and the Hall of Fame? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The man, Pierre Garcon. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavica. So as we know, the Buccaneers have uh, have released Antonio Brown and Pierre Garçon, mm-hmm. Colts, Washington football team, single season uh, receiving leader 2013. 2013. 2013. Uh, uh, we've been talking about Antonio Brown. 
all <laughs> first hour. Just to put an exclamation point on this, Armando Salguero, formerly Miami Herald, now with uh, OutKick, uh, working for uh, Sports Limbaugh. He, uh, he, he tweeted this. Uh, Bruce Arian says that he approached Antonio Brown and was told, quote, I ain't playing, I ain't getting the ball. And then Arians answered, you're done, get the F out of here. So that is another, uh, at least additional information from Bruce Arians about what went down on the sideline. So if that's the case, if Antonio Brown mm-hmm. said, I ain't playing, I ain't getting the ball, obviously that has nothing to do with an ankle. <laughs> that happens all the time. Happens, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> happens, happens oh yeah. all the time. That's what, that's what a, we all a, thought it was. Right. Uh, I'm sure Bruce Arians said you're done doesn't mean you're cut, you're you know fired and stuff like that, but – you know, Antonio probably took it a different way. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, I'll show you how done I am. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. But, you know, I'm sure Antonio wanted the ball. I think he had like three catches. Yeah. And he was, he was, I believe it was eight catches away from a bonus. And that was another thing that I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. And they were trying, they will try, like when you're close to the end of the season and, you know, we're already going to make it to the playoffs. So they're going to try to get you those bonuses because They're not trying not? to keep you from, <laughs> from getting the bonus. Yeah. Like, literally last year in the Super Bowl, they tried to get him a touchdown yeah. pass. Yeah. They will try to give you your bonus. You just have to, you know, ride it out, you know. Yeah. And, you know, but I guess the losing to the Jets in the Jets stadium was frustrating for everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that is a good line. That is a sneaky good line from Antonio <laughs> Brown in that lawyer statement. It's like, oh, we were all frustrated because we're losing to the Jets. Like, that is that is the only thing worse would be losing to the Jaguars. Uh, oh, Dolphins. Um, uh, but but with that, I still, Bruce Arians should not have brought the man back. You just had a feeling it was volatile. Something was going to happen. He had faked a vaccine card, which is a federal offense, and if he wasn't in the NFL, probably he would have been prosecuted. Didn't have to do that, but but this changes this changes Antonio Brown's story a little bit. Uh, my ankle, it was my ankle, it was my ankle. If indeed it's, he told him I ain't getting the ball, that's the key line with that whole thing. That's it's it's a bit of a, all of it. I'm not getting the ball. My ankle hurts. We're losing. Yeah. <laughs> and it was his first game back. Yeah. You know, but he would have made his incentives. He would have hit his incentives. He would have been in the playoffs. Uh, he's so been working for it. The incentives are fascinating. I am terrible at keeping track of of anything. My money. Like, thank God for my wife, or else I'd be I'd be an idiot, and I'd be living under a, an overpass. Okay, I would be a disaster. <laughs> um, but uh, an athlete, I have to imagine, like Pierre Garcon, always knew where he was on contract bonuses. Right? It's you know. Well, yeah, you kind of know, but you can It depends. Like everybody doesn't get contract bonuses in their. They don't get incentives. True. Everybody don't play with incentives. True. So each contract is different. Because you got good guaranteed money at the off the bat with yeah. Washington, right? Yeah, but there's certain incentives. But like there's performance incentives, and then there's you know uh, just playing, being active. Okay. There's so play X amount of, be active X amount of. Yeah, there those there's like there because. 53 players dress, 40, no, 46 players dress, mm-hmm. but you have to be on the active to mm-hmm. get a bonus. Some guys have to have Got 100 it. catches to Got get a bonus. Sure. So some guys just have to show up. Some guys have to play 80% of the plays. You know, Sean Lee had that thing where, like, he, you know, was a one player away or whatever, yeah, and, and he, he didn't hurt. get his bonus. Yeah. So all of it is different. You can't keep track of that, but you know if you have 100 catches – because that's like a milestone. Right, right, right. Like 50 catches. You, you kind of know how far you went, but like the yardage, it's kind of hard to calculate during the game. But catches. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see Pierre. He's like, but we do, we do get stats all the time. We get stats okay. going into halftime. You get stats right after the game. So but, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, you're like, all right, 
I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. But if you have a great relationship with your quarterback, which Antonio Brown does, uh-huh. you you know, like, hey, he kind of knows it too. Or you tell him, like, hey, like, you're not telling, but yeah, give me, give me because we've established Pierre Garcon, like off the field. I mean, you're the super nicest human being on the planet. But as you said, Pierre Garcon <laughs> on the field is different. It's not the same. It's like, a job. You were yeah. you were you were chatty and you, you have to play hard. R-rated things would quarterbacks like it when we play hard. They get us the ball. Stone the Banowitz, Division One college football <laughs> hero. He agrees. Uh, uh, how do you how do you tell? So this, I have a hard time uh, telling people, "Hey, I need help with this," or "Come on, let's get this done." Like being being assertive like that. That's the word I'm looking for. I have a hard time sometimes being assertive. I'd much rather just be fine. I'll take care of myself. I'll do it myself. But you can't do that. You're a receiver. You're not throwing it to yourself. You've got a quarterback. How how do you get a quarterback's attention without being a complete jackass about it? You know, um, it, it, there's many ways to go about it, but you got to put the bird in his ear earlier on in the week. <laughs> like, hey guys, <laughs> Alan E about five catches. <laughs> you know, just to get so you know. Or sometimes the media would just remind you, and then uh-huh. when you get into the game, you get to you know, because we did it too in um, Indy. Like it was week 17, we were playing against Buffalo. Dallas Clark needed some catch. Joseph Adai needed some yards. Um, Reggie needed some catch. Yeah. So you know you. You get it to them because the game doesn't really matter as much because sure. you already made the playoffs, which is the position oh, that the Tampa Bay is in. Yeah. But sometimes they do forget, though, because you get caught up in the moment. Yeah, yeah, You're, yeah, you're yeah. like, all right, we thought we were going to run over this team, but we're not running over this team. The Jets, this team came out <laughs> yeah. a lot hotter than we thought. We're yeah. like, okay, well, we have to really play our offense. We have to get down the field. And if your passes or your receptions don't come, I'm sorry, we didn't try to deny you we from it. We just, yeah, we just, you know, got caught up in the situation where we, you know, fascinating. But it happens all the time. Happens, all, but it happens closer to the end of the year. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know this is when your whole season have developed, and you're like, all right, we need ten more catches. Right, we can get Antonio ten more catches. Right, and he missed three games. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're that close. Man, he's gonna end up eight eight catches away from that bonus. And Antonio Brown, uh, he he likes that money. As you expect, needs that money probably. Man, I seen something on the internet and they're like, he walks away from his bonus, but he does the cameo video for, you know. <laughs> it's like, I mean, bro. Oh, I know. I like, you could have like, had oh, a million man. dollars and instead you're scraping together <laughs> coin for cameo. I know. I Pierre's in but, physical pain over the mere thought. Because he's a great player. Yeah. A very, very good. Now, do you think this will stop him from getting into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Ooh, the media. The media. He caught media member me. I, just, I almost pulled a Hub Arcus. I'm a, I almost media. did the. Uh, yeah, I almost did the, the. Well, I don't know. See, I just did what I was <laughs> The media. He's a Hall of Fame player. He, he's a Hall of Fame player. So, all right, all right. So, Pierre Garcon <laughs> is, is saying that Antonio Brown is a Hall of Fame player mm-hmm. and. I like the record to show at 1.13 p.m. on Thursday, January 6th, for the first time, with what I assume is going to be many times, Pierre Garçon completely exposed me. I mean, painted me into a corner and exposed me. Because not 10 damn minutes ago as I sit in here saying, ah, the media should have less to say about the MVP awards and Hall of Fame voting. And then my initial reaction when he asked, is this going to keep Antonio Brown from the Hall of Fame? I started waffling after I defended Antonio Brown for an, an hour as the true media guy that I am. I went, ah! Uh, you got me. Pierre Garcon absolutely got me. I can't even argue with that. But that was well done. I respect that. But 
I love him. Love the guy. He's a great player. You got to respect his game. But, oh, man, the way things were handled, are handled, are just being bad. handled. Yeah, just flat out bad. Uh, <laughs> Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3 with the great Pierre Carson. Let's get into our bright line, fine line. Why did I? I don't know what happened there. I stroked out. Bright line, fine line here on Ken Levick alive before our listening lunch. And we are going to focus on this line for college football's national championship game, the rematch of the SEC title contest, Alabama and Georgia. Alabama absolutely throttled Georgia. We remember it. It was a massacre there in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. The Vegas line right now, just a couple of days out from the national title game, Georgia is a three-point favorite. Even after we are a month removed from the head-to-head in the SEC championship game where Alabama embarrassed Georgia and threw all over that legendary vaunted defense, and it's Georgia with a three-point favorite. I think there's a lot of credit being given to Georgia, what they did to Michigan, when in reality it turns out I was wrong. Friday Night Lights was wrong. We were all wrong. We thought that would be a good, even matchup. It wasn't physically, but maybe more so from a speed standpoint. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't fair, and it wasn't going to work for Michigan. I don't know what Georgia showed me to suggest that they are suddenly going to make up 30-something points and beat Alabama in the national championship game. Alabama's like always the big brother to Georgia. Always. <laughs> I it's hard to beat a team twice in one year. I hope it's a close game, but it could get ugly. Yeah. But that is and I think it'll be closer than the SEC title game. But yeah. once But to be three point favorite over Alabama. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like we're only four weeks away or four weeks removed from yeah. them embarrassing them and Georgia had the best defense of all time you know what Friday Night Lights this bright line fine line I don't even think that it's a fine line I don't think we're tiptoeing anything I think that it's patently ridiculous that Georgia's a three-point favorite there it is there's the Alabama fight song I have no reason to believe that it's not going to be the Crimson Tide in the national championship game especially with Georgia as the three-point favorite Uh Uh-uh, not happening. That's your Brightline fine line, brought to you, of course, by Brightline. Back and better than ever, new restaurant station upgrades and their new Brightline Plus service to get you to and from stations going car-free, care-free in South Florida. It is easier than ever. Brightline, Pierre knows them. They're the bright yellow trains. They go fast, and they go from Miami to Fort Lauderdale to West Palm, and there's no better way to travel through South Florida. The trains run daily again. Miami, West Palm, and Fort Lauderdale. Right now, groups of four more can use the 25% off on smart fares just enter the code all aboard on the brightline app or on gobrightline.com get your discount whether riding with family friends or colleagues plus kids under the age of 12 i got two of them they get to ride the brightline for free with the purchase of an adult ticket download the brightline app or visit gobrightline.com and enjoy brightline it's back and better than ever in 2022 it is Brightline. All right, Pierre, time now for a listening lunch. We play the audio clips you need to hear, and we react to them. It's as simple as that. There's not a whole lot to it other than us, well, having opinions on uh, audio clips. And here we go with the listening lunch here on Ken Levick Alive. And I need Pierre to listen to Joe Judge, Giants head coach, after face planting in Chicago on Sunday. Just a comedy of errors with uh with the Giants and the Bears and Joe Judge 
on uh, on on Sunday initially was talking about how it was a culture change and there's a foundation change and this is a a team that is going places this is a team that's still on the rise even though they can't do anything right i want to listen this is what it sounds like when a coach knows that he's on the hot seat <laughs> here is joe judge joe but i know this I know the first time I ever talked to you guys in front of a microphone, what the hell did I talk about? Foundation, right? Talking about building from the ground up, building the right thing, okay? Now, you guys ain't been in the building for two years now with this coach. All right, but I'll tell you right now. All right, if you're in the damn building, you walk on through our locker room, you ain't seeing that crap you saw before. All right? You ain't seeing guys right now planning vacations. You ain't seeing golf clubs in front of players' locker. You ain't seeing that stuff, okay? You ain't seeing that. And that's not because of some high school program we're cracking with. It's because our guys understand how to play together as a team. And they understand the process of how they're going through. So I can go through a whole X's and O's evaluation. I can go through a roster evaluation. I can go through a lot of things for you right now, okay? I do it every day myself. I go through all that stuff. But in terms of the next step to take, I can tell you right now, okay? I know we're a whole lot closer to where we're going than we are further away. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know <laughs> if they're a lot closer... Uh, to where they're going. What's they their are? record right now? Four and twelve, dead last. As like last year, they were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they haven't. Uh, they have not been very good, uh, especially under Joe Judge. By the way, discipline head coach Joe Judge, a man who is going to come in, and the Giants are penalized the most, a lot. Not the most, but a lot, a lot, a lot. En- enough to not win enough. Yeah, and that's... enough where fans are like, "What is the point of Joe Judge?" Uh, I'm not sure they're actually j- just because. They no longer have Odell Beckham uh, and uh, several teammates going on vacation a couple of days before a playoff game doesn't actually mean that they're closer to where they want to be than they were two seasons ago. That sounds like a guy, especially when you hear a coach talking like that after a bad loss where there's like the edge, the intense. Oh, they lost. That was a loss after they lost to Chicago. Chicago. And I mean, Chicago's a bad team too. They're bad. (laughs) They're bad. (laughs) <laughs> like we're talking we're talking and, and Joe Judge is a special teams guy we're talking did they lose a close game no no no, was, no, no. this was this was pretty embarrassing they're it not was, close it was ugly they're not close no they're not close at all and uh, you've been around more your Washington days mm-hmm. some some teams and coaches that felt like the bottom was was falling out a little bit uh, here's also Joe Judge talking about how there are still many players in his words that find that Giants locker room to be the promised land. I, I want you to hear this and see if you buy what Joe Judge is saying. I can tell you we got more players here who are going to be free agents next year, All right, who are in my office every day, begging to come back. I know that. Begging. Okay, I know that. The players that we coached last year that still call me twice a week talking about you know how much they wish they were still here and they're getting paid more somewhere else. Okay? So, <laughs> I know we've got the right foundational pieces in. I know we have some players, some key positions, all right, that are guys you can build with, keep carrying on. All right. I know we got the right temperament. I know we got the right culture in terms of teaching the players. Okay, which is why I don't come up here and try to assassinate some player because I think it's gonna save my Okay. Because behind closed doors, we shut those doors, I can tell every player to a man, look him in the eye, exactly what the hell he screwed up on and exactly how it's gotta get fixed. I can tell him to hold him as accountable as can be. Because I ain't going to sit up here like some other coward sitting behind the microphone and put his players on blast. Okay? That's it. I signed up to be the head coach here. 
whatever bull gets fired, better get fired for me. You got that? It's got to go through me to get to them. That's the way it is. All right, Joe. Uh, now, this was part of an 11-minute rant, by the way, <laughs> from Joe Judge. So you're hearing just barely a fraction of the 11 minutes. Uh, a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, do you buy, Pierre, that there are players who are begging to come <laughs> back to the 4-12 and Giants. Joe Judge's Hi. Giants, who were also 6-10 and last year and lost to the Bears 29-3 on Sunday. And do you buy even more? Isn't that tampering? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, especially, I've got players calling me twice a week who are making more money elsewhere who want to come back. Do you buy that there are players? I think they should look into that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, NFL, NFL. I think the Giants should look into it. Yeah. And that gives them a reason right. to let Joe Judge go without Yeah, yeah. The Giants are like, oh, yeah, Tampa, you're fired. Bye. I like Pierre Garcon, NFL GM, has a nice ring to it here. Like, the NFL GM, Pierre Garcon, be like, ah, new head coach. There's my job. I like the way your mind works. That's good. Uh, I I severely, and I mean severely, and I mean as seriously as I can possibly be, do not believe that there are players elsewhere who make more money who are calling Joe Judge twice a week to tell him, please, in the offseason, can you make a move for me to come back to the Giants? Oh, man, I don't believe it either. They're four and 12. Yeah. People do love New York, playing for New York, being yeah. in New York. Go visit it. It's a nice place to visit. You don't have to When you're losing, yeah. it's really bad. When you're winning, it's really good. When you're losing, it's really bad. And both teams are doing really both bad. Are, I mean, really there's a legitimate question. What's a more miserable football situation? Is it the Jets or is it the Giants? Like, I feel like at the very least, the Jets. I think it's the Jets. Do you? Because they've got their rookie The Giants have Eli. You know, they have Michael Or the, you know, They're Jones. living off the history. They're like, yeah, they, they have won. <laughs> Super Bowls more recently. You're right. Yeah, yeah. and but that's why. That's the only reason why. <laughs> I think the Jets, because they have new coach, even though he struggled a little bit, they have new quarterback, even though he struggled a little bit, they are coming off. Of, they, they beat up on the Jaguars. Okay, whatever. That's neg- negligible. But <laughs> they, they almost beat Tommy. They They look like they're improving a little bit. I almost feel like the Jets right now feel a little bit better than the Giants, partly because I don't know what the Giants are. And I don't know, under Joe Judge especially, what are they? What's their personality? Because you'd think discipline. They're not discipline. You'd think special teams. They're not good on special teams. Daniel Jones, uh, it feels like that's kind of over. Defensively, they're not great. I don't know what the Giants are. I don't know what the Giants do well. I don't think they do anything well. They're going through the motion. That's yeah. that's, that's they just they're waiting. They're waiting for something to spark, and a spark is usually at quarterback or you know a receiver, which we thought Galloway would have been. Yeah, but or one of the guys the, calling the Tony- Joe Judge twice a week, <laughs> getting paid more, saying, "I want to come back." Maybe that's the spark. The Who the, knows? the young receiver that they have uh, from UF, the um, <laughs> first round pick. You know, they they need a spark, and that's what you know I think would have helped them, but. There's been nothing. I, I don't know their identity, like you said, because I had high hopes for Galloway when he went there. I was like, yeah. all right, you're a big-time receiver in New York. You know, you don't need much but to throw it up to him, and yeah. know, he's going to make it happen. But They're listless. I mean, they are absolutely listless. Listening to lunch here on ESPN 106.3, Ken Levick live with Pierre Garcon. Uh, another half hour or so. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, he was on SportsCenter, college football analyst, of course, college football radio host, ESPN. We spent a lot of time, Pierre, yesterday talking mm-hmm. about Jim Harbaugh and whether he should leave Michigan, head to the NFL, athletic report that he's thinking about it uh, after Michigan went to the college football playoff. We discussed whether or not he was a success if he went to Michigan, uh, or if he went to the NFL, if he'd be a success at Michigan. But Paul Feinbaum, 
Should Jim Harbaugh leave? Should Jim Harbaugh go to the NFL? This is what Paul Feinbaum had to say. I think he should leave if he gets one of these offers. He has done the unthinkable. He has proven the critics wrong, especially me. And I don't think he can do any better uh, at Michigan. I, I, I think ultimately he got the most out of that team that anyone could possibly get out of them. Can Michigan get to a higher level where they can hang with a Georgia or Alabama? I'm, I'm really not sure they can. Uh, Ohio State is a better program overall, and, and they did, they couldn't do it last year against Alabama, losing by 28. And I think if the Bears or the Raiders or somebody else comes calling, uh, he should go. You've heard me say this over and over again, guys. I think he's a better pro coach. It's just a different uh, animal. And I, I think he has to be thinking about what happened to him a year ago. Just put yourself in his position. They call you in. They cut your salary in half. They say, uh, you know, we don't think you're doing a good job. But come back if you want. Uh, we'll, we'll be more than happy to keep your office warm. And he comes back and he does the unthinkable. He wins the Big Ten. He beats Ohio State. And now he has an opportunity to leave. So I think he should. I think that's spot on. Because Michigan is not going to be Ohio State. It pains Michigan fans. I get it in that rivalry. But Ohio State's the standard. Michigan finally beat Ohio State first time in a decade. They won a Big Ten championship. This is the time for Jim Harbaugh to go elsewhere. This is the time for Jim Harbaugh to head to the NFL. If he wants one more shot at it, I'm with Feinbaum. Do it. You're going to have a huge market. I, I understand the point of view. It, it's all up to, to Jim. You know, being an NFL head coach is not easy. You played under him, right? No. Uh-uh. I thought you did for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. He was in San Francisco, but that was before I got there. Oh, that was before? Okay, yeah. he had left by the uh-huh. time you got there. Uh, but it depends on what's important to him. It, like you said, I didn't know they cut his salary in half. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they that, cut that's his, a slap in the face. They cut his salary, <laughs> and that was the only way he kept his job this year. And, and he found a way. Like, that's a huge ego hit, right? right like, that's yeah. cut your knees out from under you. And what did he do? He won. won a Big Ten championship. That so, says a lot. It, does he ask for more money, or does he? Well, that's going to be because if you go to the NFL, you're three years. <laughs> Depending that, on the situation, it's, it's not a good situation if you're arguing your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or would he go as a coordinator somewhere? No, 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 no. This he is head coach. head coach. This is head coach. Yeah, that's not. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think Jim Harbaugh should go because again, I don't know. He's not going to win a national championship in Michigan. Michigan isn't that program anymore. Much like. To, I understand that. Like the, it, just like the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are not national title material, but Michigan has become what Canes fans should want Miami to be, and that is now occasionally you can compete for a conference championship and maybe flirt with the playoff. Are you yeah, going to be national title material? Hard. No, you're not. But Jim Harbaugh, what he did at Michigan, even though it took him seven years, should be the blueprint of what Canes fans want from Mario Cristobal now mm-hmm. at Miami. And Jim Harbaugh is someone who has already shown it at the NFL level. He's gone to a Super Bowl. He took an yeah. unknown quantity in Colin Kaepernick, revolutionized an NFL offense, and came a play away from winning the, the Super Bowl. Whether it's the Raiders or the Bears, I said yesterday, the Jags, the Jags or the Dolphins. If, or the Dolphins. if I mean, Stephen Ross, Dolphins owner, Michigan guy, loves Harbaugh, tried to get him before, uh, fell that, short. That, that's possible. And I like Brian Flores. I'm a huge fan of Brian Flores, but... The Dolphins keep getting these first-time head coaches, and it does not work. Tua is a RPO. Jim Harbaugh is a Jim Harbaugh type of quarterback. Absolutely, RPO guy. I know. I said, <laughs> yeah, it's what I mentioned Tua yesterday. Is, you want Tua an RPO is. guy? Uh, Tua's Tua. RPO through and through. Jim Harbaugh can maximize that, right? I yes, I've seen him do it. Yeah, so that could be fitting. Now Pierre's <laughs> speaking my language. That's right. I, we want the Dolphins to win. Yeah, <laughs> I need the Dolphins. Well, to win. Pierre knows that I am the uh, I am the the president of the Pro Tua. <laughs> 
March here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. Pierre's just preaching to me now. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh, I think, I agree with Paul Feinbaum that go to the NFL. Do it now because he'll always be able to fall back into a college job. I agree. He will not be able to if next year Michigan ends up going in. Uh, you know they don't they don't live up yeah, to they win eight games. Big Ten championship. Yeah, yeah you're not going to the NFL. Yeah, I agree on that. And it was cool when him and his brother were doing a press conference together at the Super Bowl. Absolutely, it was like, I was like that. That is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, cutting the salary was what I didn't know, and now yeah. I know. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> that's how valuable I am to you. All right, cool. Let me go somewhere <laughs> yeah. else. The wins, you know, like you say, it's gonna be tough to win, but you know. It's football. It's always tough. To I just know watching the Rose Bowl and Friday Night Lights and I were talking about it yesterday, seeing Ohio State just rolling out. I mean, Ohio State at this point can roll footballs onto the field and line them up as receivers, and they're going to catch three touchdowns a game. Like, it's scary. It's a scary proposition what Ohio State's bringing back with uh, C.J. Stroud. One more here in the listening lunch. We play the audio clips. We react to it. You listen and react if you'd like it. 888 3776 888-760-3776. It was uh, Dose 1 of Evan Cohen today, 11.55, leading in us here on ESPN 106.3. And Evan was talking about Dirk Nowitzki and him having his number retired by the Mavs last night. And Evan brought up a fascinating, fascinating conversation. Last night, the Dallas Mavericks honored Dirk Nowitzki, who played his entire career in Dallas, Hall of Fame player, won a championship, as we know, unfortunately, against the Heat in 2011. And so much of the Dirk conversation centers around the fact that Dirk Nowitzki is a player in sports that was on one team, now technically drafted by the Bucks, but on one team his entire career and had that loyalty to the team, and the team had the loyalty right back to him. And I understand that there's no such thing in loyalty in sports today. And I'm not asking for there to be loyalty in sports today because I think that that is a ridiculous thought to even have at this point with how much money is being thrown out there and the way that we see guys change teams. But it did remind me, unfortunately, that yes, Dwayne Wade did not play his entire career with the Miami Heat and Tom Brady did not play his entire career with the New England Patriots. But it also got me thinking. Are there guys in sports today that we could look at and say, you know what, this guy will be a Hall of Fame caliber player, play more than 10 years, and only play for one team? So I love that. I completely love that. I'm going to piggyback off of that because I was racking my brain when I heard that. And it was only a couple of minutes before the show started, Mm -hmm. and it's me distracted by Evan's topic and not getting ready to do the radio show with my name on it. And so I had to incorporate it. Think about it. Dirk Nowitzki. And in the NBA, it's especially, especially hard. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, one team at his number retired last night, a Mav from start to finish. That's so rare. Not even Dwayne Wade did that. And he is Mr. Heat, and he's now with the Jazz organization, which drives me insane pretty much on a daily basis. But even from an NFL standpoint, uh, Evan brought up Patrick Mahomes as a possibility hall of fame guy more than 10 years in kansas city but can you guarantee that is that is that guaranteed russell wilson he might not be back in seattle next year and he'd be a prime candidate for this five True. years ago right I, I i don't know who justin herbert with the chargers but the chargers aren't one of those organizations where you say to yourself especially the la version ah look at all the tradition proud to be a lifelong charger like philip rivers mm-hmm. wasn't that's the thing, too. Uh, Philip Rivers like came to mind, but Philip Rivers had his cup of coffee with Indy. So not even he ended up being with the Chargers his entire career. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. That's Herbert would be a good but hey, as you get as you get pushed as you get older, you get pushed out the door. Yeah. Like we saw Big Ben. Yeah. But Big Ben's gonna end up, I think, I think that's gonna be a wrap with the Steelers. Um, Aaron Rodgers, that's still up in the air. We don't know if he's gonna stay in Green Bay. He might, but we don't know that for a fact. Like you said, the game has changed and it's win now, and you know there's a short leash. Yeah, I mean basketball and football, those two sports, the best players, arguably of all time, are currently active. Tom Brady and LeBron James, and Tom (laughs) Brady's on his second team, and LeBron's on his one, two, three, third team. Mm It's it, it could be like you know offensive linemen and and linebackers and stuff. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right, right. The, the right. primetime players. Yeah. You know? Oh man, <laughs> if if we if we went that route, we just started to try and pick out uh, offensive, offensive line, line Hall of Fame offensive <laughs> linemen that would stay with one team. We, those, when they bring in those left tackles, you know, know, like hey, you got to left tackle for ten years now. Yeah. You know, but I they, would I would I tell you what that would be an elite level radio show <laughs> if we could do that. And guess what this show isn't an elite level radio <laughs> show. And that's your listing lunch here on ESPN 106.3. Who are we missing? Who do you think watching now in any sport in any sport as Evan put it a guy who plays at least 10 years Hall of Famer that will stay with one team start to finish start and retire with one team like Dirk Nowitzki is. Derrick Henry? Did. Derrick Henry's a possibility. He's definitely a possibility. But that position, is yeah, yeah. if you start wearing down, it starts <laughs> to become a carousel. Is there a player that we can't think of that you think will Mac play Jones. 10 years? You has think Mac Jones? There's a history there, and he's actually doing good now. You think Mac Jones is going to be a Hall of Famer? It's too early to tell. Oh, but I want to bang my head in the he's, door. He's... he's He's on the right track with the right team, you know. Oh, I'm about to throw up. Uh, uh, ten years, <laughs> I, Hall of Famer. I hope so, but I don't. I, you know, it's too early to tell. It's Go his, back to say nice year. things about Tua, please. Uh, ten Tua years. Tua will not be on one team his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about, Bear. Uh, ten years, start to finish with a team, Hall of Famer. Is there someone right now that we think is on that path? That's not Ben. That's not. Aaron Rodgers, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. He is the great Pierre Garçon, who no longer loves Tua. It was a nice fleeting couple of seconds. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levick. Ken Levick Alive presented as always by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, doing it for 22 years. Sign up for summer semester courses now remotely at fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Good to have Pierre Garcon back in here. Uh, local great John I. Leonard, the pride of John I. Leonard, <laughs> Indianapolis, Washington, San Francisco, 2013. Most catches in the NFL and it's good to have him along and he'll be a pretty regular presence here on the two-hour edition of uh of Ken Levick Alive so we were trying to rack our brains uh based off of what Evan brought up at his 1155 show today yes uh, Evan Cohen 1155 a.m and uh 555 p.m every day here on ESPN 106.3 the new ESPN 106.3 lineup and and uh, off of Dirk getting his number retired last night Evan asked like Dirk in sports right now, who are 
the guys who are going to play 10 years, be a Hall of Famer, and stay with one team from start to finish, which is so rare because of free agency, because of the business that it's turned into, because of the player movement, uh, all of these agencies. I mean, it's rare. It's really, really tough. This is any sport. But let's just stick with football right mm-hmm. here. Uh, I I don't know. Like, Russ, maybe. Maybe Russell Wilson, but I don't know. Patrick Mahomes probably, if you're not counting Ben and Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes is probably the most notable leader in the clubhouse now, right? Yeah. I don't um, think so. Devontae Adams, not. well, he might leave if Aaron Rodgers leaves. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, 12 is the whole linchpin of what's going on in Green Bay. If he leaves, or say he he ends up in like Pittsburgh or something, one that eliminates Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, that Devontae Adams immediately uh, becomes a sought after free agent who's not staying in Green Bay. Oh man, I, that, I, that'd that'd be tough if Devontae left. You brought up a position. You tried yes. to bring this up by position. What yes. position did you think is most likely for us to see ten years Hall of Fame same team? Tight end, offensive line. Okay. <laughs> Those. So the tight end one's interesting. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to go through offensive linemen. And <laughs> again, like I said, we're not that elite of a radio show. Okay, like we do minimal prep and we get on for two offensive hours. Offensive line needs some love too. They not do. only when they hold. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the offensive. I line. do appreciate them, but I'll be damned if I'm going through rosters right now to go through offensive linemen. Pancakes have become a stat. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And there's nothing more satisfying than a, a, watching a pancake develop on the field. Uh, but tight ends mm-hmm. so travis kelsey george kittle george my guy kittle. kittle i think they you know before those contracts end you lock them up yeah you don't want them to even think about playing somewhere else that's interesting tight end makes sense it like an anthony gonzalez yeah. uh yeah. or tony gonzalez yeah, tony type, uh, yeah. He, type yeah. of deal yeah he, and i was shocked when he went to atlanta did I just I drop? Uh, did I just drop uh, former Colts receiver Anthony Gonzalez? That's yeah. my guy. That's right my I was going to say you played with him. Yes, Ohio State, right? Oh, that's my, yep, yep. And <laughs> he is a set, he he uh, was a congressman from Ohio. He's right? a, yep, yep. That's my guy. Very very good guy. I seen him recently too. We went to Peyton's Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah. he was there. I know that uh, Brian Hartline when he played for the Dolphins Hartline. used to talk yep. about Anthony Gonzalez yep. all the time because they were college uh, mm-hmm. teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so yeah, uh, tight end makes a lot of sense. I think there's some sense to that now. Uh, Friday Night Lights brought up Derrick Henry, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm able to talk myself into it. But the problem mm-hmm. is, running back that inherently can makes he make it, it ten difficult. years. Yeah, can he make it ten years? Um, and, and and with the same team because what happens if he gets to year eleven, year twelve, and he's still got some production? But the Titans obviously. Uh, like, Derrick Henry's been great, but you can't keep him as a primary back, and so teams want him for, like, a playoff run. Alvin Kamara. Mm. But again, running back. They won't let him. He's like, I would say, the, he does everything. He so. is the face of the team right now. He does everything. Man, it's so they, But I'm looking at it from the team, like, we don't want to let you go. We'll give we you will, money. We will keep it on no matter what yeah. because you're a fan favorite because you're the face of the or because you're thing. good, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But then at some point in their career, it turns into a, we're doing this because we care about you, which I, you know, that's only a couple of teams that would do something like that. His, 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 at running back, the talent, when the talent goes down, it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and that's the problem. That's where you mm-hmm. become disposable mm-hmm. because this mm-hmm. is a chew em up, spit them out running back. You can hide it at tight end where, like, hey, if you can't go off our pass, just stay in and block. Yeah, 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 for sure. But if if there was a running back, Derrick Henry is the one mm-hmm. who, yeah, he's been injured, but with that body, 
He should be yeah, able to. You don't, want, you don't want to play against him. <laughs> no, with that body, he should be able to to hang around a little bit. How about the fact that there are whispers of him maybe trying to give it a go? Come back this for week. the postseason. That would well come back for the postseason, oh. but even try and play this week, which would be, I want the, I want the Titans to hear me. I hope they hear me. Don't do that. That would be so stupid. Learn from Tampa Bay. Yeah, <laughs> learn, learn from Tampa Bay. Learn from Tampa Bay. Don't do that. Don't you don't need Derrick Henry right now. That's his ankle too, right? Yeah, yeah. You won the division. It's okay. Uh, you've shown you can win on the road. You have the team to win he, on the he road. He doesn't have to prove nothing. No. Just like the Bengals were like, yeah, Joe Burrow, you're taking a seat, okay? Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Jamar Chase, you're taking Good. That's the Those way. Those guys absolutely. are pretty impressive up there. I'm, I'm happy for Cincinnati. They're fun, too. I'm happy for Cincinnati. And our FAU guy, Trey Hendrickson, uh, who has, I mean, it started in New Orleans, obviously, but he got paid in Cincinnati, and man, he rules. That dude, I am so proud of that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fun. The Bengals yeah. are really, really fun. But, but we've seen this before, though. We've seen the Bengals where oh, Carson yeah, yeah. Palmer and Ocho Cinco, you know, and then they get first round and out. You know what? But, and Andy Andy Dalton won a lot of games up there, but I think you're right. The more fun version of the Bengals was Carson Palmer and Ocho Cinco. Oh, yeah. That's where they yeah, was. And who's And then and then their jerseys just starts looking better and better the more they win. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the Bengals look good. Yeah, they look good. I like. <laughs> Kevin Vig alive here on ESPN 106. They look like John I. Leonard. Yeah, they kind of do, actually. <laughs> By the way, we are still trying to contact John I. Leonard. We're still trying to contact John I. Leonard, uh, where Pierre Garcon started his illustrious football career to make sure. No, come on. Uh, that was mean Friday Night Lights. We are still trying to contact John I. Leonard to make sure that his. Because Pierre can't remember if they retired his number. So we're trying to. <laughs> it meant an awful lot to him, as you can tell if they retired his number we are trying to confirm that they retired his number and if not we will start the campaign for pierre garcon to get his number retired uh but 10 years future hall of famer same team in the nfl who are we missing 888-760-3776-888-760-3776 i think in basketball steph draymond clay all three of those are but especially steph Steph is going to go start to finish with the Warriors. Yeah. It's just the reality. He's not going anywhere else. He has personnel decisions. He has a lifetime contract. Like yeah. Steph's not going anywhere. Kind of like John Stockton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's your position forever. Yeah. So, Even if you're playing only six minutes or whatever. Right, you're always going to be here. Yeah. He's the he's going to be the Hall of Fame version of Udonis Haslam. Like that's yeah, just him. Be a coach too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Steph Curry will be with the Warriors forever. That to me, in all of professional sports, mm-hmm. that's the next sure thing. Dirk Nowitzki is yeah. uh, other. If you're not talking Ben Roethlisberger, who we know now is going to be start to finish, it's definitely Steph Curry. I wanted to to, to bring up. To you, Pierre, just because I'm curious, this caught my eye yesterday. Uh, Stetson Bennett, who is the quarterback for Georgia, mm. it was revealed yesterday by one of his teammates. It was National Championship uh, Media Day. Uh, he, over the offseason, decided that he wanted to be present, decided that he didn't want the distractions of his phone. Mm-hmm. One of his teammates yesterday revealed that Stetson Bennett right now is sporting a flip phone and not like the Samsung Android <laughs> flip phone I have mm. but like the actual the, the, like Motorola razor yeah, <laughs> razor flip phone and like a flip phone where you're still pulling the antenna yeah. out of the top type of flip phone I mean we're talking old school That's... we're talking old as hell I know for a fact that Josh Cohen 
who you're going to hear at 4 o'clock today here on ESPN 106.3. Josh Cohn on the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Josh has an iPhone that has to be damn near five years old at this point. <laughs> he's he's just never found a reason to, to upgrade. Mm-hmm. But five years means like seven different versions of that iPhone have come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the longest that you, million-dollar-making Pierre Garçon, have hung on to a phone? Um, yeah, I, I, I change phones. I update them because, you know, I like to – because when the new one comes out, this one slows down. Ironically, mm-hmm. weird how that. Yeah, I, I hate hate that. I just hate that they keep getting bigger and bigger. But I hold on. I I, I switch up every two years, maybe. Okay. But when I was in high school, when I was in high school and college, I had the same one. I had a Nokia phone. Right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I'll well, take it. So I've I've generally got. I'm like you. On average, I'm probably a new phone every year and a half for the mm-hmm. last. Mm-hmm. I don't know seven years, yeah. but that is only. Because I dated, then married a woman who likes to make sure that we're upgrading our technology on a regular basis. If not for her, if I was still a bachelor, still living on my own, I promise you I may be in a Stetson-Bennett situation. Not because I'm trying to uh, not be distracted by technology or have anything I'm focusing on or want to focus more on, but Mm. because I just would not have gotten around to an upgrade. I'm that type of person where if it worked, it's functional, that's fine. I can send texts, I'm good. And I know there's a lot of people like that. Like, again, Josh. Like, Josh has a, 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 an iPhone that's like five years old. But me, I had that Nextel brick two-way phone <laughs> when I was in high school into college for like four years. I could have murdered a human being with that two-way phone. It was so heavy. Like, I, I just bludgeoned them. I, I, I like to be up, updated, upgraded. I send emails from the phone. Yeah. I do everything from the phone. So I got it's it's my office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a businessman. <laughs> yeah. Eric Garcon's a businessman. So uh, I, I got to be up to and, and, and be able to send them out as fast as possible because you can't send emails from a flip phone. No, and so <laughs> this is the thing now. Once you go into the the iPhone, Android, do everything There's on your no phone world, backwards. you're right. You're not going <laughs> back. That's why Stetson Bennett to me is Never fascinating. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Well, oh. he he did, but then, then he went back. It's like he's focused. He's trying to. He's trying to make it to the NFL. I don't know, man. I you can you can. I bet when he gets back to the NFL, though, or when he gets to the NFL, he's gonna go to an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or an Android. Now I'm Team Android. Or, or yeah, yeah, I know that he's gonna upgrade it. But I, I can know understand that, it in college. I can, I can, I can sacrifice for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I respect it. I mm. just there's no way I could do it. But I know iPhone people. Me talking about Androids and mm. how I'm an Android guy. iPhone people are like, well, iPhones are the most <laughs> superior technology. They're so snobby. You I iPhone know. Android's people, catching up. The I know. Thing, I know. Thing is are. different is just the green that shows up when you text an Android. But <laughs> but those iPhone people, they want to bring that up all the time. That's the only I see thing. the green in the text. You're an Android person. Mm. Oh, these iPhone people are such elitists. They're such elitists. They're, they're, we, they think we, they're better than you because they have an iPhone. You're not cult. better than me. It's a cult. It is, yeah, it is a cult. <laughs> We're just in it. We're it is like, a cult. Hey, Absolutely. <laughs> they're, 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 they're an iPhone cult. They have their iPhones and they're drinking tainted Kool-Aid and putting on their Nikes and going to sleep. That's what they are. They're a cult. They're a technology <laughs> cult. You know what, iPhone users? You're not better than me. Listen to me. You're not better than me. I've got my Android and I'm happy and it's fast and it runs all my apps and my phone is flippy. And you know what? I like that. I was Android before iPhone. 
I was. Oh, Android. but then you turned. On I changed it. the iPhone. <laughs> I yeah, man. It. Yeah, I wanted to watch YouTube on my phone. <laughs> you can watch YouTube on an Android. They didn't have it back then. It wasn't. It wasn't as you know fast and up. You're not helping my cause, Pierre. <laughs> Oh, come on. Uh, Pierre, awesome stuff today, man. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll have Pierre back next week here on Ken Levick Alive. We'll be back tomorrow at noon, obviously. Uh, and we will get ready for week 18, the first week 18 in NFL history. So for Pierre Garcon and Friday Night Lightstone Labanowitz, I'm Ken Levick. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon, two hours as always. Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye now.